Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Good morning, everyone. Today in the feast day of the Transfiguration, we kind of basically know the elements of the story, right? Jesus goes up the mountain, and then all of a sudden something strange happens to his very body and his clothes, and there's words like light and white and bright to try to describe what's all of a sudden emanating from Jesus. And then the apostles kind of respond in clumsy ways, and then Jesus says, all right, let's get back to work. And it seems very strange because it's like, okay, I guess there's some sort of divine thing that happens here. But no hungry people were fed. No further teachings were given about how to please God and love neighbor. No talk on forgiveness. No teaching on sin is ruining your life. You better stop it. Like, none of these teachings. Instead, what we have is divine life being revealed the majesty and power and beauty of God being revealed. But where it's being revealed and what the divine glory is, is the message for this weekend. Where is the divine glory being manifest and revealed? It's not vague. We like things to be vague in general. God's out there everywhere. And it's like, well, okay, I guess that's helpful. But the divine majesty the glory was revealed in the very humanity of Jesus. It was, ve- un- it was veiled, unveiled through the face of Jesus. Through his very body, it was communicated. The divine glory, the divine majesty passed through a human face and a human body and a human heart. And what is divine glory? What is divinity? What is divine life? Well, if we zoomed out to more of the scriptures, we would hear over and over again, God is love. It's love, it's divine love that is manifested through the human face of Jesus and the human body of Christ. And so for us as the church, what we discover is that if a human person like Jesus, his body can reveal glory, the church concludes your body and mine can reveal glory. A light of that powerful light shines out of each one of us. This is the heart of the Christian faith. I've said it before, the early church didn't have Twitter. They didn't need to be pithy, but they didn't also have all the time in the world or paper and things. And so they tried to have little slogans to capture what is the Christian faith all about. Here's things they did not say. Be a good person. They didn't say that ever. We say it a lot. Hey, Father, I didn't kill anyone. I'm basically a good person. I'll call Rome immediately and tell them about you. So be a good person. That wasn't it. That was not the Christian message. 
Give everything to the poor. Now they said, be very generous to the poor. But that's not what the main message was, even though that was important. Pray all day, every day, no matter what. Also not the message, although that's part of the message. The message was this, and it's in numerous saints who said it in the early church. God became a human being so human beings could become God. Another phrase they used a lot, divinization. That through the sacraments of the church, we become divinized. That us little creatures known as human beings could actually be seized and animated by divinity. This is what it means for God to take on flesh. What we celebrate at Christmas is precisely God united himself to our human nature by becoming one of us. And through the sacraments, we now access his power, his majesty, his glory, which isn't a kind of worldly power. It's the power of real love. God is love. And so, as a church, we're meant to radiate this love. How do we do it? What's it look like? Well, how about when you share a hard day with a friend or a spouse or a parent or a sibling and they simply respond by saying, that sounds really hard. You're not fixed. There's no cheerleader saying pep up. You're just seen and received. How about a husband who doesn't like his job, but he knows his wife and kids need him to go to work. So every morning he wakes up and he makes a gift of himself by going to work day in and day out to get the paycheck, to pay the bills so that stress can be low and we can have a semblance of a family life together. It seems so human and yet it's a great gift of self. It's a sacrifice. Or how about a mom who has to wake up in the middle of the night again to take care of a kid again, even though she's so tired, but she gives the gift of her presence. She speaks sweet words over her child. She nourishes, depending on the age of the child, and nurtures the child to make sure the child understands my needs matter to someone. I'm cared about. Or how about so many of you who take an hour out of your day, which is pretty remarkable considering how busy we are, and you come and you do adoration here on Monday or Wednesday for an hour, making a gift of yourself to Jesus, saying, I will give you my thoughts, my heart, my time. I'll be here with you. How about how many of you sacrifice your hard-earned money and make a gift of yourself to Catholic charities through the parish or to St. Catherine's Food Pantry or to the many ministries here of the liturgical fund, the St. Cecilia fund, the scholarship fund, the endowment. You're so generous. You take what's yours and you give it to another. How about simply some of you on the way to Mass today got in a fight with people sitting in your pew with you? And at the sign of peace, there won't be long speeches. 
there'll just be a hug and a kiss and saying peace. And in that, through your human face and your human body, communicates so much desire to reconcile and be at peace. This is why anyone can become a saint. It's based on love, not competency. It's based on making a gift of yourself through your own face and your own heart. This is what the church is meant to be. We're meant to go out into the world and name for people beautiful ways they're loving people already and saying, that right there, that's a little, little glimpse of the glory of God. It's already coming deep with inside of you and welling up. You already are receiving it from people. You're getting little glimpses. And so then we come to Mass and all those glimpses combine as the bread and wine on the altar goes through its own transfiguration at every Mass and becomes the very divine majesty we're speaking about. And we receive him and he touches us with the love that we're seeking so that we can then give that back out to the world and come and do it again. Some of the most beautiful acts of love no one sees because it's you held your tongue or you forgave someone or you simply prayed for someone. And yet in all of these ways we're unleashing the divine glory into the world. Here's the amazing thing about this. It's not a formula. It's not a ministry we're going to start up. But it works. We've been doing it for 2,000 years. And it's the most credible witness we have. In the early centuries, when the culture was wildly against the church, what brought people to want to know Jesus and follow him, they would look at you and me and they would simply say this. It's in the scriptures. Look how they love one another. It was the most credible witness to our claims of faith that through our face and our heart and making a sincere gift of ourselves, people caught a little glimpse of God and they were able to say, well, if that's your God, I want to know him. And then we brought them to Jesus and they began to learn how good he is. On the feast day of the transfiguration, the bread and wine is transfigured to Jesus, but then we receive that life and love of God into us and we're sent out into the world to proclaim and be that very life. Amen.